This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the podcast, guys. So on today's episode, I have a very special guest for you, Haley. She is a fellow coach and also a Girl Fit Method member. So I can't wait for you to hear her story. I know this is one that you guys are going to resonate with. And let's just get stuck straight into it. Hello and welcome back to the Girl Fit Method podcast. So on today's episode, I have a very special guest with me. We actually have a Girl Fit Method member who is also a fellow trainer, Miss Haley. Hello, Haley, and welcome. Hello. How are you going? I'm really well. How are you? Yes, fantastic. Thank you. So excited to be on the pod. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on because your story is a really interesting one and one that I know a lot of listeners are going to relate to. Um, and so, but first, before we kind of dive into all of that, I'd love for you to give us a little bit of a backstory on who you are, what you do. Um, and yeah, so we can just get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm 29. I live in the south of Adelaide. Um and yeah, I just, I'm a personal trainer as well. So just started up at Good Life. Um, yeah, a little bit about me. So I'm pretty active. Like I've always had like an active background. I've played team sport and yeah, done lots of different fitness challenges and, and that. Um, did, so, I did a bodybuilding competition in 20, what are we? 2020. <laughs> God, time is going very quick. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, I guess that's, yeah, I don't know, me in a nutshell, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I guess that's where we were going to kind of kickstart things off. Um, yeah. That bodybuilding show that you did. So was that your very first, actually, let's let's go back a little bit further. So mm. young Haley, you were always fairly active, so I'm assuming you did sports growing up? Yes, yeah, so I grew up in like um, a sporty kind of family. I uh, played netball all up until I was... 24, 25, um, I suffered two season-ending kind of injuries over the course of like two years. Um, so that kind of sidelined me a little bit um, during 2019, 2020 was the last time I played netball. Um, dabbled in women's football as well. That was heaps of fun. I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, other than that, yeah, like lots of sport, like constantly and in the gym training to be the best in my sport. Um so, yeah, that kind of led me to, yeah, like 2019, I ruptured my Achilles for the second time. So I've done, I've done both Achilles now. Um, so the first time I went back and played netball for about another year and then I went back a second time and snapped the second one. And at the end of that kind of rehab, um, obviously COVID was a thing and um, I was still doing rehab and trying to build back up my strength in my lower leg Um, so netball was kind of on the back burner and I was looking for an individual sport to participate in, I suppose, like something that just relied purely on me. And I loved being in the gym. I loved lifting weights. Uh, and I just felt it was like a natural progression for me to move into that sport. It just felt like a new challenge and something that I was really ready for to dive into 
Can I, can I stop you there for a second? What made you think bodybuilding? Like what was the influence? Because there's so many other options. You could have mm. a range of different things. Why did yeah. you do that for your next goal, I suppose? I So I did know a girl that um, did it through our football club uh, and she was a big inspiration of mine. I don't actually think she knows that. But, yeah, I saw her go through this process and she kind of inspired me, but it wasn't actually until a number of years later um, that I actually stepped into that space because um, when she did, she did it a few years before me. So, um, again, I think it was like a confidence thing um, as well. Like I, I, I sat on that idea for a good five, six years before I actually committed to competing. And I guess the reason for it was, yeah, I loved being in the gym. I loved lifting weights. I loved the feeling of being really laser focused and uh, like my coach at the time did uh, coach competitors. So she did also take on a small number of girls who were interested in competing. And so, yeah, I had been with her for about six months ish, I guess I'd just been doing like lifestyle coaching with her and yeah, I'd seen some of her girls that she had prepped and, I just figured like, yeah, it just felt like a natural progression, I guess, in our coaching relationship as well. Um, and, yeah, I was just looking for something that was going to give me that next level feeling of, I guess, empowerment and control and, and yeah, just really stepping into something that is 100% about me and relied on me to get yeah. the results. It was mm. kind of like definitely a, a way for you to be able to focus on achieving a certain goal yeah What's really funny is that as a fellow coach there is not one ounce of me ever in my whole entire life that has ever thought I want to do a bodybuilding competition yeah. <laughs> and, and that's just me and I I think maybe like for you from what I'm hearing is you're quite a competitive person and I think sometimes when you don't have that uh, you know, you're not in a sport environment, then you want to be able to feed that competitive competitive side of yourself. And so I can see why women do go down that avenue of bodybuilding. The problem mm. is with bodybuilding, I suppose like any sport, but in particular that sport is that, you know, you're relying on extremes in order to be successful. Um, 100%. Really pushing your body to the brink of really potentially in some instances causing some sort of damage I guess in a way so okay so let's have a chat about you decide that's what you want to do how did you find that process it was so this is how I explain so mentally it was probably one of the most incredible things I ever did for myself I came out of that so much more sure of myself so much more um just I had proven to myself that I could do this really hard thing. Like I stuck out this diet for 23 weeks or whatever it was, and it got really intense towards the end for me. That's just my experience. Um, and, yeah, at the end of it, I was, well, do you know what? Sometimes I say that I'm proud of myself and then I look, I think back and I wasn't. I wasn't. I was actually really ashamed and really um I actually really pushed it away for a really long time. It's only really now that I've actually appreciated, you know, look what you did, but also looking at it a different light as well. And just like, I was proud of the fact that I could stick to a routine and I had really good habits, good structure. 
Um, but it was, yeah, a lot of mixed emotions around uh, the end result, I suppose, around competing. So um, did you feel, how come you felt shame? What was that around? Oh, I think it was just nothing was ever good enough for me. Like I have always been someone that's super, like you said, super competitive, um, but with myself. And I even got to this, I got to this ultra lean version of myself and it still wasn't good enough. It still wasn't enough for me. And I tell people that now and it's like I am roughly 15 kilos heavier than what I was at my most leanest and I am the happiest that I've been because I actually accept myself. I am so much more than just, you know, abs and lean, you know, lean torso, you know, and lean legs and, you know, so... I think it was just, yeah, for me personally, I, it just, yeah, it just was never going to be enough no matter where I finished. And that's the thing I think, which is interesting because what you said earlier was like uh, it was something that you wanted to, like you wanted to do a bodybuilding competition because you wanted to prove that you could do it. However, Mm. there was really an element to that where you also wanted to see your body transform as well and get to this point that it had never gotten to before. And just to give some clarity for anyone that doesn't know what a bodybuilding competition is, it's essentially, you know, getting really lean. So working on, you know, building muscle and having a really strong body and then really stripping back. And look, I know that there's different federations that judge in all different ways. I'm not your expert on this, but I guess overall it's about kind of showing off the hard work that you've done with your physique and it requires you to get quite lean. So most girls step on stage and they have quite a low body fat percentage and they show off all of the hard work that they have put in to be able to get to that physique. So I guess it's it's kind of a really easy way to well it's it's enticing I suppose to potentially view something like that as a way to get to a certain body fat percentage thinking you're going to be really happy with your physique at the end and as you experienced really if you don't have that internal happiness and if you don't feel really good about yourself as a person doesn't matter how lean you get and what you look like you're right you'll never feel satisfied yeah that's right and yeah, I guess it's like at the end of the day, it's a competition. You're there to compete against other women and like you don't know who is going to be stepping up on stage. And for me, that was, um, you know, I think I put so much pressure on myself to, uh, you know, perform and like be able to, you know, take home a medal or whatever you want to, you know, if, well, that's exactly right, take home a medal. And it's... um yeah, I kind of feel like I, ha- I felt like I had let myself down, even though there were like a hundred other women up there and like all of them so deserving um, of that title, I suppose. And it's like it, only one person, it's a competition, like yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, I think my mindset towards the end um, was not great. I was, yeah, I was really just down on myself and thought that I could have done more, thought that, um, you know, can always be leaner you know in these kind of things um and that's what I ended up doing so I did I did the first show and then I wanted to continue on to nationals because um just because of I don't know if it was because of COVID thing or what but um all SA competitors automatically um like qualified for nationals and so the aim was to go to nationals and so I spent another 
three weeks dieting at already like a really intense, like low level body fat percentage. And like I had upped the ante. So I was doing like double sessions plus cardio on 1300 calories (laughs) for God knows how long. Yeah, it was, it was, um, I was a wreck. Um, Yeah. I still remember like the day where I actually pulled the pin and it was, yeah, it was all a mess. Like my husband pretty much was like holding me (laughs) because I was just like in tears I was I couldn't I couldn't cope anymore couldn't I couldn't take it any longer so yeah I still get a bit emotional now talking about it because I just remember how like oh just on the floor in the floor I was and like just hormonally and emotionally I was just a mess could barely like deal at work could barely like yeah was not a good wife (laughs) like Yeah. yeah 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 really changed you clearly in a negative light and I think people underestimate the psychological effects that that sort of a lifestyle has on you and even if you're not competing in a competition if you are consistently restricting your calories to that degree it affects you psychologically you become a very sad person you know your health goes down the drain your life revolves around your exercise, it revolves around what you eat, what you can't eat, thinking about what you would like to eat, but you know you're not allowed to or you're too scared to. And that becomes your world, which is a really depressing small world to live in. And it doesn't matter how lean you get when you're in that mental space, nothing is good enough. And it's kind of funny where sometimes like in those situations it's a matter of actually eating more and then you're able to view things more logically where when you're in that mindset almost like you're I mean you're essentially really starving yourself and punishing your body you just can't think about things the way they actually are it really does warp your perception of reality which makes it really really horrible and hard so I'm so 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 sorry you went through all of that and I guess Okay, so you're at this point where you've cancelled, I'm assuming, like this second show. So what's the plan from there? What's happened from there? So I was with my coach at this time and I told her that I was ready to um, what we call reverse diet. You talk about all the time, Tash. So um, I started that process pretty much from that day. So I'd had um, like post-show, I'd had about I think three days, like the first show, about three days of like, Um, I guess what we call like a refeed. So like where you pretty much don't, um, you're not strict on your calories. You can just like eat what you want. And then after those three days, I was back on my calories. Then my reverse diet started when I pulled the pin. And yeah, from there, we started building my calories back up um, and I guess reducing cardio. Now I probably didn't reverse out very well um, at all, (laughs) to be honest. Um, I had a really hard time with food focus, um, managing my cravings. Uh, they were out of control and I felt out of control. Um, and I pretty much stopped cardio altogether. Like I went from like four sessions a week or whatever, probably five, I can't really remember now, to nothing. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I probably just, yeah, I did. I put my body through the bloody ringer and then just kind of expected it to go back to normal whatever that whatever that was um you know so yeah started that process from week to week and and yeah and it's kind of like 
and you know I I talk to my girls about this as well when they feel quite out of control around food especially it's so funny once you start to reverse diet sometimes you can really lose control over food or you're you feel like you lose control around food and you can't stop eating and that I think is two part in that a lot of it's psychological where you've gone oh my gosh the pressure is off now I don't need to starve myself and so because you have restricted for so long it's very tempting just to go and really overconsume in some instances the second mm-hmm. thing is as well is when you have been depriving your body for so long i mean as a survival technique your body actually wants you to start to think about food all the time because essentially what it's trying to do is go hey we can't live off this this is not good for us we need to become hyper hyper vigilant about trying to get more calories into our body and so all you will think about is food and usually you will crave highly palatable foods foods that are very calorie dense because your body knows that's quick energy and it can get that energy quick smart and so sometimes you know I think it's easy to kind of beat yourself up when you feel like why on earth do I just not have control around food but we need to understand that when you've put your body through something like that it's actually your body just trying to survive and get you to a healthier place and it's somewhat out of your control however it's a really, really horrible feeling to feel like you just cannot control yourself and, you know, you're eating, you know, potentially to a point where you're not even enjoying what you're eating, you know, turn, can turn mm. easily into binging and, or binge eating disorder. Yeah, which is yeah the- 100%. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, sorry, Tash. <laughs> sorry. So we have- no, you're right. I wanted to delve into some of the other things that you experienced once coming off of your prep for your bodybuilding competition. So you're reverse dieting. That's not going too well. And I'm assuming then mm-hmm. the fat that you have lost is coming back on. So psychologically, yep. that would be really hard to deal with. I could only imagine. And what other things were you finding were happening at that time as well to your body? Um, yeah. So I guess I just couldn't recover very well. Um, my training was a bit average. Um, I wasn't even enjoying the gym anymore. Like I just didn't want to be there. Like I remember one day I rocked up and one of my teammates happened to be at the same gym and she just took one look at me and I just burst into tears. And I was like on the elliptical, like trying to warm up. And I'm just like, I can't do this. Like I can't be here. So like my training was really like up and down. Like recovery was really just eh. Um, yeah, I think like for my body as well, I guess because my eating was so irregular and so like I'd have these um, times where like I just put food into my mouth. So like I feel like I had like a, like some digestive issues. Um, so like I'd either be bloated or like I got really bad. I mean, I've always had it, but it definitely got worse, like reflux and like heartburn because I was like my food, food uh, like eating patterns and that were so like what eating patterns, like <laughs> they were a bit all over the shop. Um, and I could just never feel full. I just never really felt full. It took me ages, like way beyond after the reverse officially finished. Um, I was still having hunger issues and, uh, yeah, couldn't, still couldn't manage cravings, still couldn't, um, yeah, still having food focus. It was, yeah, my body was... It Mm. takes time to get yourself to that position and it takes time to get yourself out. And that's interesting that you said you never felt satiated. And it just comes down to those, you know, we have those two hunger hormones, which our body uses to regulate our hunger, which is ghrelin and leptin and ghrelin being 
the hormone that tells us to eat more and then leptin being the hormone that tells us that we're satiated and really common for when you've been on a diet and you've been restricting for a long period of time when you start to eat more your body is going to send out ghrelin like anything and it's not going to release leptin because it knows it needs more food in right because Mm. it hasn't actually had you know for however long it hasn't had enough food and it's a really, really hard, really hard position to be in. And I know that hormonally you had some issues, digestive issues you've spoken about, and then there was your cystic acne as well as inflammation in your body as well. So how did that sort of take its toll on you? Yeah, so I guess the cystic acne, so a little bit of background, I suppose, to my skin condition. So um, I had obviously been on the pill as well for about 10 years um, I had done a course of Roaccutane, which I don't know if anyone, if you're not familiar with Roaccutane, it's like a really high level of vitamin A and it pretty much just like sucks all the oil out of your body and therefore you stop producing the cysts um, and the acne and that and it goes away. Um, and then at the end, when I had pulled the pin on my um, like national show, um, I actually decided to come off the pill because I wanted to learn obviously how my body was you know going like my, I'm married my husband and I looking at having children um so I thought yeah it's a good time to start to regulate my period and just check in with that um and yeah lo and behold cystic acne came back and it came back with a vengeance it was um red and inflamed and irritated it was very uncomfortable like itchy um big cysts on my face uh yeah it was not not a nice time. Um, yeah, I felt really uncomfortable even going out with no makeup on. Um, I was very fluidy and just puffy and just stressed out. <laughs> My body was just like stressed to the eyeballs. It just was not happy with me at all. Yeah, that was clear. I mean, even when you started working with us, it was very clear to see that your body was not happy and it sends us signals. And I think this is the warning, I suppose, to a lot of people is that you can only treat your body terribly for a short, well, for a certain period of time before it's going to fight back. It won't put up with it. And it comes out in all different ways. And um, it's just been amazing to see your transition though, because the progress that you have made over the past couple of months has been really incredible. And I'm more than happy to kind of touch on what we have done with you, Haley. The first thing when you came to us that I wanted us to stop you doing was the high intensity training that you were doing. Now, I really believe like there are seasons in our life when Certain exercises and modalities of exercises are suitable and then there are other times when they're just not. Now, you know, as you would know as a trainer, you know, exercise is a stress on the body, although it's a good stress. If we are unable to recover adequately, if our body is already inflamed and stressed and just adding more stress on, it's going to be absolutely counterproductive. So the first thing that we wanted to do with you was to strip that back, right? Focus on getting you strong again, getting you confident in your own skin, but really reducing the amount of cardiovascular work you were doing and really high intensity training, Mm. which I know can be difficult because a lot of us can enjoy that, especially, you know, if it's, if it's in a group environment or a class environment as well. But for you, I mean, we need to, like, I I guess we go back to those seasons of life thing, like this is a period of your life where your body is not happy. We need to get it to a place where you can then implement those kinds of, you know, modalities and classes and exercises again. Right now, it just wasn't going to be the best thing for you. 
we then had to have a look at your nutrition as well. And, uh, you know, it was really clear that you were having digestive issues and really working on your gut health and repairing your gut health after all of this. Yeah. And that really meant, you know, getting rid of some anti, uh, some inflammatory foods, you know, we, we preach here at girl fit method that really no foods off limit, but once again, like seasons of life and everyone's situation is different. So we looked at taking out gluten. We've taken out dairy. We've really had a focus on omega-3s, good amount of protein, high-quality diet. And it's been incredible because we've been increasing calories as well and we've been yeah. dropping centimetres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm, I've if been I'm, feeling, yeah, it's been amazing. And I'm just, yeah, feeling so much better in the short time that we've worked together. I think we're only like halfway through, I think. Yeah just like just halfway yeah um and yeah like I'm I can just yeah feel that my body is just responding so much better like I don't have that tightness or just that overall feeling of uncomfortableness in your own body like I really do feel like I can trust like I'm trusting my body again that it knows what it's doing and that I'm giving it the right stuff that it needs so yeah it's definitely is about like this process for me as much as the physical stuff, it's also a bit of like a coming home as well. And like just really reconnecting, like I'm not um, on the pill. I'm not having any antibiotics or anything like that in my system right now. Like I'm really trying to get my body to a place where it is fully trusting and operating. And that's just like a really beautiful space to be in. And yeah, I think like a lot more women could benefit from reconnecting with themselves like and just knowing like what it is that their body actually does for them rather than focusing on the aesthetic, you know, what it gives to the world. It's like, well, what does it give to you? Yeah. So, mm. I love that. And to actually just stop fighting it and to work with your body. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the key as we women, you know, we are so self-critical and it's always we're not good enough and trying to change the way that we are to suit what we think we should be instead of actually taking a step back and working with what we've got, treating ourselves with respect and then actually seeing ourselves flourish. Mm. And as a coach, you would know this as well. It's when your clients start to treat their body properly where they actually start to see results. And that's not through crash dieting, through real restriction, through, you know, beating themselves up. Even mentally, the mindset game is huge in all of this. Yeah, huge. Yeah. And that's where changes come in. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like I don't actually think that you can go on a journey like this without implementing the mindset work. Like it's just not going to happen. Like you need to be able to implement new habits, new strategies, new routines, and you can't do that without first like unpacking what's held you back in the past. So um, I know for me, like with removing dairy and gluten, like it was, is tough because like it changes up my whole food routine. You know, I was very much like a convenience kind of girl. Like I'm not a big, um, cook or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I used to rely on like your grab and go type stuff, like your yogurts and, and that kind of thing. And cause usually, you know, like high protein, a lot of like dairy is usually pretty good for protein source. So you know, and just like changing little things like gluten, like bread, like what bread do I buy? You know, all, all the little things that I would usually pick up in a regular food shop. It's like just little tweaks here and there. So, 
And that is hard. It's a big adjustment because it's out of your comfort zone. You think, oh, you know, I've actually got to really sit down and think about this. And even like, and I'm not sure if this is your situation, but feeling comfortable with eating certain foods and knowing that they're your go-to foods and having to change that does really challenge a lot and can be really difficult. But this is where it comes down to you've got to be so clear on what your intentions are and what you're wanting to achieve because things need to change, you know, like, I think a lot of us are too scared to make big changes moving forward, but we want our situation to be different. Well, you need to change something. And it's always always going to mean getting uncomfortable. But that's the only way you eventually get to where you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like it's a cliche, but the, the best things come to you that you have to work for, like, the the results are not just going to land in your lap like you you yeah. do have to do the work um to, to yeah. get there so yeah yeah it's worth it you end up being so much prouder of yourself for sticking it out so I totally agree all good things come out of our comfort zone all of them right yeah <laughs> so now you are an incredible coach and I would love to know and I know that your past experience has really been able to propel you forward in your business and I suppose with what your whole purpose is as a coach, wanting to achieve and how, how to help other women has come from really stuff that you have been through. So do you want to talk into that a little bit, I suppose, what you do and your approach as a coach with the girls that you work with? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, the things that I've been through have shaped me to be the coach and like, even a mentor, I suppose, um, and the women that I want to help have really gone through something similar to me, like they have, they have issues with like food focus or constantly, you know, in and out of yo-yo dieting and, um, you know, or even like low confidence just in themselves in general, you know, struggling with mental health, anxiety, depression, like those kind of things. Um, I'm really passionate about women finding a voice and finding a place like in the fitness industry because it's there to help you. It's not there to make you feel like crap it's not make it's not there to to it's there to help you so that's where I feel that I can kind of bridge that gap and uh, you know make women feel more comfortable on the gym floor um, you know I mostly specialize in face-to-face here in Adelaide um, but I do offer also offer online services so my uh, I guess my my bag like the stuff that I love is like strength training so getting women strong focusing on performance rather than aesthetic so building muscle getting your metabolism up um, you know working on hormonal issues if you have issues with your period you know let's talk about it like I am someone that wants to know you and all of you not just when you come and see me for 45 minutes once a week like I'm there in your life, sticking my nose in your business. Love it. <laughs> but only because I care. Like I genuinely, genuinely care. And I know the crossover that that mindset has with nutrition, that it has with training, that it has with your hormones. Like it all intertwines and all works together. And if you can get each piece of the puzzle, like working in sync, then that's when you can kind of, that's when you start to see results and feel the change that you've been looking for. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. You are an incredible coach and you're so right. It's not just about good coaches look at things holistically. Yeah. To make a real transformation, it's not just about a diet plan. It's not just about exercising for 45 minutes. It's a whole lifestyle. And you've experienced that yourself. So um, 
yeah, it's just so good to see that. And it's just so good to see you so much happier and just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're looking incredible. You are beautiful always, but just seeing <laughs> and it's really clear to see that your body's responding well, but more mm-hmm. importantly, your mind's in such a better place. Yeah, absolutely. Like I feel, yeah, like thinking back to, well, yeah, it would have been, just over a year ago now when I would have pulled the pin and I just want to give that girl a big hug and just tell her that you're going to be okay. And that it's yeah, like this, it feels like the whole world is falling down around you, um, but you just need to eat something. So yeah. Yeah. Just get some food into you. Yeah. Try to silence those negative thoughts in your mind about that. You've got to yeah. You really have to challenge them. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. So where can everyone find you if they want to get in contact with you, if they are locals here in South Australia? How do they find you, Hayley? Um, I'm always on the gram. So um, you can look me up, just my full name or lowercase Hayley Donnell underscore. Um, so you can chuck me a follow. Uh, I'm on Facebook as well. Feel free to send me a friend request, um, Hayley Donnell as well. Um, yeah, I've got a link in my bio on Instagram. If you're interested in coaching, you can just uh, fill in the expression of interest and we can have a chat. But yeah, I post right. a lot of fun stuff on my Instagram. So <laughs> you've got an incredible account. Everyone should absolutely follow her. I'm going to link her Instagram in the podcast show notes as well. So you can find um, where Haley is there. Thank you so much, Haley. Thank you so much for listening, guys. If you enjoyed today's podcast, take a screenshot of it, share it on your stories, share it with a friend and make sure you tag us. We always love to see that you are enjoying the podcast episodes and we always love to hear suggestions as well of guests that you would like us to have on and topics that you would like me to cover. So make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast, you are following the podcast and I will be back in your ears next week. Big love, Coach Tash. Coach Tash.